Welcome to the hour one of Monday, April 12th, 2021. Lori and Julia. I'm Rocco. I push the buttons. I control the volume. I'd like to, you, and you answer the phone. I do now. It's <laughs> a, a new job requirement. Break. Yes. So if you've got anything to say, give us a call. I'll be answering the phone. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Rocco. You. Well, it is another sad day in Minnesota in a long list of sad days with the news of the shooting of Dante Wright yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I just, I don't even know what to say. It, I, I just don't. It's, it must be so, I mean, this has gone on for such a long time. The way black people have, have been, been killed, mm-hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, George Floyd, Ahmed Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Jamar Clark, Philando Castile, Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, um, you know, if you watch that Soul of a Nation last week, they extensively went into the Tulsa massacre, which was part of the Watchmen, you know, and I didn't even really realize right. you know, we, that that had happened right. and been a part of her history. And, you know, I think about, uh, you know, watching the movie Just Mercy or To Kill a Mockingbird mm-hmm. or, you know, I mean, all the what Martin Luther King and I watch um, Mahalia Jackson, her story. I mean, People have been fighting and fighting to be seen. I, I, I just, I don't know. And when you're seen, and then, and then the, and then the police officer who fatally shot Dante Wright said um, it, that she meant to reach for her taser. Oh. So an accidental discharge. But I don't understand how that happens. Right. At you know she was experienced. Um, it is. Well, I mean, she must. Be, that person has got. To be upset, but I mean, I don't know how you make that mistake. I don't know why they pulled him over for air fresheners dangling. I, you know, yeah, there's your, a lot of I, a lot of outrage, a lot of um, tension, a lot of inflamed outrage, and and it is. Um, I just want people to know that it, it's horrible. It's just horrible. But tonight, this is an announcement that you didn't know that I just told you about. The Twins, the Timberwolves, and the Minnesota Wild all had games in town tonight. And um, the Twins um, stopped their, I think they started to play and stopped and sent everyone home. But there's a 7 p.m. curfew tonight in the Twin Cities. So people should know that. Tell your kids that. You know, let people know that. And they basically, um, the Twins issued a statement out of respect for the tragic events that occurred yesterday in Brooklyn Center the following Additional details, you know, evolving in the situation, they've decided in the best interest of the fans, staff, players, community, not to play out of respect for the family Mm. of um, Dante Wright. And so um, just so people know that that's happening tonight, because I wouldn't have known that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rocco was. So it's Hennepin, Ramsey, and Anoka counties, Mm -hmm. 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. Okay. So St. Paul, Minneapolis, and Anoka. Okay. I mean, I, I, I can. The, I just I can't imagine what it would be like to be a black person and that you could be pulled over and it's it's like a if you saw this weekend the army medic oh. who got pulled over by the police I think it was in Virginia it was and he went to well you know I mean the the exchange between the, the officer and, and this the... guy who's in uniform mm-hmm. and how he's treated it. It's and outrageous. He said, I'm afraid to get out of the car. Right. You should be. Yeah, it's outrageous. It it, it just really is. It so makes... we're just 
saddened that this is going on and for the family of Dante Wright and for the, our community mm-hmm. and for our friends. Um, it's it's sad. It's tragic. How many? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know either. Rocco, I don't know if you have anything to say yeah. or... Yeah, I don't, I mean, none of us ever have to worry about, you know, we don't th- ever think if we get pulled over because, uh, you know, our taillight is out that we're going to die. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And black people do. Right. They, right. you know, mm-hmm. I had a friend that, you know, got hassled for jaywalking once, you know, and it's like because he crossed the street on a diagonal. We don't have to worry yeah. that you might make a small misstep mm-hmm. and end up dead. Right. And we've seen it happen uh, so many times over just stuff. A counterfeit $20 bill, uh, an unpaid. Yeah. Uh, this was, wasn't it expired? Well, tags I'm, I'm or referring something? back to George Floyd. Today, oh, yeah. Today they were saying that he had an outstanding warrant because he owed $346. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, I mean, I. If, but the accident, I don't know how you have that accident of a taser or a gun. gun. Right. I mean, I, I don't understand that. And mm-hmm. if you realize it's your gun when you pull it, put it back in your, in your belt. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just feels so wrong. wrong. It yeah. just feels so wrong. So we're just... We're heart just, sick. We're, we're just it really, really is. heart sick about it. And you know? people be safe. Yeah. Take care of your loved ones right and, now. And, you know, I was talking... To my mom and I, we both have just like this intense shame over a family member who's openly racist. Okay. And this is so painful because we grew up in the military. And when you grew up in the military, it's Korean moms and a black dad. It's a... a, a, a white guy married to a Thai woman. It's Latinos. It's it's very mixed. So you were very... Very mixed. This very is mixed. How, okay. And, and the same person grew up Because you lived on way. bases. Yes, we lived yeah. on military bases. Yeah. And and uh, so I did not grow up in the traditional all-white Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, community school and all of that. And it is so... It is so awful to have a, an openly racist person in your family. And all that we really are doing about it is that we just are completely avoiding this person. Mm-hmm. And then when that's not possible, if anything is said right. out loud in front of us, we shut it down right. quick and call call this person out on it. But it is really, it, it really it, feels It would be icky. sad. Icky and yep. we're shamed. Yeah. Of this person. We're like, who are you? What right. happened to you? Right. You know, and and, and a, this person has a life of privilege and money and and uh, just it's it's very it's very upsetting. Um, that would be to right. have someone in your mm-hmm. family that that is that is like that. And um, that's just for me, the I mean, I'm I'm just. We're just flummoxed. And at a loss for words because we grew up exactly the same way in the same kind of circumstances. Mm -hmm. And this is just something that's like really happened in like, I'm going to say the last 10 years. Right. And no, we can't figure it out. Right. It is. It is. That's a hard one. Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, That's a hard one. So anyway, Rocco, maybe we can play this. uh, 
uh, Sounds of Blackness song as we go out. This song was actually created after George Floyd died. Um, Gary Hines and the Sounds of Blackness mm-hmm. were three-time Grammy winners. Yes, they They're are. Very good. So this is the social justice song, Sick and Tired. And thank you, Shaletta, for reminding us about this. That is it's, Prince. Yes, Welcome it is. To America, a, a bliss, pretty blistering song about social justice that he wrote 10 years ago. Right. Coming out this summer, and there was a unbelievable, inter- really a great interview um, last night on 60 Minutes. Prince was profiled. Um, hopefully, if you were watching the Masters, you remembered to DVR the Equalizer because it went over. Everything went over, yeah. Yeah, it went over, and um, I don't know. I, I did, um, while we're doing this story for the people who are joining us on YouTube, mm-hmm. I've done a nice collection of black and white photos of Prince. Yes. And I really reached back and got some good oldies, including... Some for him showing up for his appearance of the television show Solid Gold, which TV is show excellent. Rocco, have you seen that before? Oh, I've seen Solid Gold. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was on Solid Gold. Yes, he was on Solid Gold in nineteen eighty. Show, show everybody, Lori, because okay. this is just amazing. He showed up like kind of in a tuxedo. Look at his Look. hair. Oh yeah, beautiful. with the waves. That mm-hmm. was, and then this is. Uh, Solid Gold 1983 performance, packing a lot of heat there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocco, do you see that? I do see that. Yeah, it's hard and, not to learn. Um, just beautiful. So let's play the first uh, cut that we have. I think this is with Troy Carter. They went to, and sat down at Paisley Park, the reporter from 60 Minutes. I thought it was so good. It was good, but it wasn't not sad that they couldn't get in the, they couldn't show the vault and they had to show the vault when the sheriff's department was investigating his death. Yeah. I did love it though that he forgot the password to get <laughs> in the vault. That's classic. So this is Troy Carter. We talked about forgetting passwords right, last week. Right. So yeah, this is the cut, the first cut. Okay. The challenge monetizing the catalog while trying to do right by Prince. You sort of have this, what would Prince do, echoing? I, I want to make sure that Prince isn't somewhere in heaven giving me the side eye. You know that, that famous <laughs> Prince side eye? Carter, why'd you put that out exactly. there? Exactly. Hard to fathom Prince's final act of ambiguity, not leaving behind a will. As his heirs wrangle over his estate and try to put a value on something awfully hard to quantify, Prince fans remain loyal, making the pilgrimage to Paisley Park and awaiting the next musical motherlode from his vault. You know, the fans think they've heard everything. So whenever we can find things that the fans haven't heard, is like a victory. And, like, I think, I don't know if we, I, I don't think we have it, but he went on to say that there's so much music in the vault, right. which is now in a storage center, a storage place in L.A. where they're redigitizing. Right. Um, the music, yep. But they could release one album a year through the end of the millennium. It's amazing. Amazing. Amazing so, how prolific he was. I know genius. it. Yep. All right, let's play the next one, Rocco. Yeah, For all the all music he turned out, Prince performed with the spontaneity of a human jukebox, rearranging songs and set lists on the spot, and zinging his band members when they hit sour notes. And he'd just say, well, looks like Morris just bought me a new pair of boots this week. <laughs> what does that mean? That means you just got fined. You just got docked because you messed up. And now he's going to take your money and go buy some new boots with it. Was there a flip side to that, though? Could he be too controlling? Well, he micromanaged. I think, you know, the, the, the key to Prince is that you always knew who was running the ship. The seas weren't always smooth. 
Prince famously chafed against the music business he said didn't treat artists fairly. In 1993, he changed his name to a symbol and splayed the word slave across his face, part of an ongoing battle with his record label to control his own output. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then lots of other artists have joined him, you know, right. Taylor Swift, everybody famously tr- right. doing it. Um, and then this next cut, this might be about more, more of the, like, how many songs they think okay. are involved. We learned that for all its and his mystique, Prince stayed out of the vault for the most mundane of reasons. When they told me he hadn't been in the vault in years, I thought there was going to be this story about how he left behind his old materials to focus on new artistic endeavors. And they said, no, he just forgot the password to the vault. And so he started putting stuff in his pre-vault. And then that turned into more and more rooms. Carter had the contents moved here to be digitized. Iron Mountain is a secure repository in California. A team of archivists bears the responsibility of listening to the music and proposing new releases. The estate has kept pace with Prince, putting out roughly an album a year since his death, a mix of re-releases and newly mined gems. Sometimes when we think we have the plan, we'll come across something that blows our mind. Can you imagine vetting, going through all that, and, and he said deciding? Prince kept all of his lyrics, so there's written archives. Right, basically his he had really lyrics. nice handwriting. Yes, I saw his handwriting for Little Red, Red Corvette. Yeah, he had really nice handwriting. Yeah, okay. back when they still taught handwriting. Yeah, all mm-hmm. right, let's play the next one, Rocco. Yet most of the music Prince created and recorded was never released. By one estimate, eight thousand songs—that's hundreds of albums—never left Paisley Park. Well, music, you know, it ain't milk. It don't expire, you know? Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Prince vocalist Shelby J. recalls the music factory was open 24-7. It was nothing strange about getting that call at 2 a.m. and he got inspired and he wants to record something. Yeah. So it's like, what do you, he'd say, what are you doing, Shelby? I'm like, I'm asleep. It's 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> He's like, you want to sing? You feel like singing? And I'm like, yeah, Prince, I feel like singing. He's like, how soon can you get here? How often would you guys record something that was great that wasn't released? 
That was all the time. All the time. And I asked him about that. I'm like, what's going to happen to this music? And he's like, oh, somebody, will, somebody will do something with it. Very cavalier. Like, I won't be here. But he knew it would see the light of day. Prince warehoused all this music one floor below the studios in what he called the vault. Our cameras weren't allowed beyond this door to the vault's exterior. But the Carver County Sheriff's Office got inside during a 2016 investigation into Prince's death at Paisley Park eventually ruled an accidental overdose of painkillers. So, and the two people that are talking, Morris Hayes was, is, is Prince's longtime musical director. Yeah. Rocco, would that be the best and way to describe mm-hmm. keyboards, yep. And keyboard, and then Shelby J, vocalist, and, like, she performed with him at the Super Bowl. Right. Long time. Right. We've, we talked We've, to yeah, her. Yeah, we have talked to her. Um, do we have one more cut, Rocco? There was that one more YouTube clip I can play that. Okay. The bank overseeing the estate called in Troy Carter one-time Lady Gaga manager and Spotify executive to sort out the music collection and unlock its value. The Prince Vault is this legendary thing. So my first visit to Paisley, of course, the first place that I wanted to go was, you know, to to see the vault. It's literally a vault. (laughs) It's a room full of shelves, floor to ceiling with tapes. You have recorded music, a video archive. Then you have a written archive, you know, just looking at the penmanship the drawings that he would do. You know, Little Red Corvette, there's a picture of a Little Red Corvette in the lyrics. I have literally have chills on my arm right now because I remember the first time seeing the lyrics. Do you have favorite songs that are down there? Wow. Same page, uh, but a different book. Uh, mm-hmm. So much more in common uh, if we only look. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you can catch it on Paramount Plus if you right. get a chance. To and see. I it think was, there's a, a bonus to like a um, CBS. segment too. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it, at your, or you can just go to 60 Minutes. It was good, and I've really never good. been to Paisley Park, so I appreciate all those little tours. And Rocco, they've done some changes there. Yeah, they're always kind of adding stuff. Yeah, so. they are. So that was really good. Let me hold up my solid gold TV show appearance from 1980. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh my. Gosh. Okay, when we come back, um, big news about Nipplegate happened over the weekend. <laughs> Unbelievable. We'll be back to Lori and Julia, my talk 107.1. I was so confused. What I was know. Going on. No, we we've had enough. Music. I'm like, going, what's going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, Julia, I Lori had you to send me something on yeah. Saturday morning, first thing. Or maybe I, it was a Friday. Was it Friday night or it was Saturday morning? I love it when you send me the updates because you're like, oh, here we go. It was Saturday Saturday morning. So there's this uh, stylist by the name of Wayne Scott Lucas who has a book that he's shopping called Wardrobe Malfunctions, Receipts from the Front Lines and the Front Row. And he doesn't have a publisher, but man, I hope he does after this story hit page six this weekend. Mm -hmm. So he is the one. He styled... um, Janet and Justin Timberlake for the 2004 Super Bowl appearance. And um, he said that Timberlake insisted on doing something bigger than their performance. He wanted some kind of a reveal because that same year, Britney Spears, Madonna, and Christina Aguilera. Kiss. It was the year, you know. but It was only months earlier. Months earlier. In the fall, did the. Uh, kissing at the um, MTV Video Music Awards, mm-hmm. where Madonna 
kiss Brittany very long and lovingly and lingeringly, and then a brief pack to Christina Aguilera, yeah. which told us lots of things about the. But anyway, that that's probably how that. Christina Aguilera has always felt. Yeah. So Wayne Scott Lucas told us the original concept was for Janet Jackson to be in a pearl g-string. Uh, G, uh, G-string. G-string. Underwear. Inspired by the one Kim Cattrall had worn in an episode of Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Underneath the pink skirt. Yes. For the Super Bowl. And Scott Wayne said the original concept was that, and Janet was going to be in the, he'd already selected a Roka dress, and Justin was going to step on the back of her dress to reveal just the lower part of her butt and the G-string that that was going to, and it was going to kind of be this little naughty moment. Right. But the outfit changed a couple days uh, before the the event. And she had uh, like a corset Mm -hmm. on sort of a, it Mm -hmm. actually looked like a latex corset. And um, in, in that was meant for one of the cups to be ripped off. And then she was going to have this big nipple pedal. Looked like a star. Yeah. Looked like a yep. big like, yep. star. Yep. And um, Justin Timberlake, when he talked about it later, he infamously, you know, labeled the incident a wardrobe malfunction. And mm-hmm. so Wayne Scott Lucas, the stylist, said, I wouldn't call it a wardrobe malfunction in a million years. It was the most functioning wardrobe in history Is a st- as a stylist. It did what it was intended to do, but he ripped off more. That, yeah, he ripped off two layers instead of one. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, so he, he we've never heard that story before because right. neither Janet or Justin have talked about that. No. Even more reason to be absolutely, I despise Justin Timberlake, <laughs> even more that he couldn't, you know what I mean, 17 years later and then he apologized mm-hmm. just this year. I feel for Jessica Biel that she wants to be with him. He would be, oh, I don't like him at all. And maybe that's also why Janet was didn't was as cool and classy and collected as she was because she also knew that it was supposed to just be this yes. reveal. You yes. know, so she was in on it. So anyway, but uh, Wayne Scott Lucas uh, says he doesn't have any more tidbits he's going to reveal about Janet. She's... His friend, and she's one of the loveliest people I've ever worked for. Nothing shady about her. Thank but, you for the shady tea about Justin. I but really, I've got shade on other people. Oh, yeah. And then he worked with Tina Turner. He has an axe to grind with Donatella Versace, who recently honored the rock and roll legend in British Vogue magazine to promote the HBO Tina documentary. Right. In the issue, Versace claims she and her brother Gianni created a lingerie-style mini dress made from crystal mesh. Kind of a famous dress of uh, Tina Turner's. Right. Um, and and she said they made that for her when she performed in Milan in May 1997. According to the stylist, Tina hated Versace. She was loyal to Giorgio Armani. And I actually designed the famous $75,000 credit or dress that they took credit for and convinced Tina to wear it. And Donatella's been lying Love about it for years. Loves this. Another bombshell he said is the sad ending to his best friend, makeup artist, Kevin Aquan's life. Remember and that? He would have been, this would have been in the 80s that he was really huge. He, he, he died. Was, no, Lori, it's later than that later because than we that went, 90s? no, 90s? it was the 90s and early 2000s okay. even because remember we bought some of his Kevin makeup, makeup when we right. were at um, 
What's the big store? Barney's in New York. I had I bought two different things, an eyeshadow and a, a, yeah. a brow thing by Kevin Aquan, and then you can buy it anymore. Right. A brow pencil. He said not one celebrity showed up for his funeral. Not Liza Minnelli, not Gwyneth Paltrow, not even Cher. No one was there for him when he was dying. He died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. There were maybe six of his celebrity friends and his family at the funeral. It was very, very sad. sad. So... I, I feel like this is going to be a good juicy book. Do it. I think I, that people would are interested. Yeah. And it just it uh, made you cringe. I know it, it made you it cringe made me more think about even less of Justin I Timberlake, and, and I, I don't think know that how that's possible. possible. Yeah, Jinx, Jinx. <laughs> Rocco. Okay, the talk I, came back today. All right, it did. All right, but we both taped it. Yes, we, we did. both taped it, and apparently, it started off with Cheryl Underwood talking like behind the scenes, like they were getting ready to go out on stage, and she said, "It's time for an episode of the talk that'll be different than anything we've done before." As you may know, during our break, Sharon decided to leave the talk. We need to process the events of that day and what happened, since we can, so we can get to the healing. So they had some experts on today to help them talk about it and um they got rid of the person who's the problem right but they but they as a team wanted to talk about race and talk about some other things that are going on so they talked about that today but but here's the here's the big unanswered thing that we've been sitting with is that um cheryl underwood said that um sharon osborne had not apologized to her and then sharon osborne last week showed us some text messages that she had sent to Cheryl Underwood, a woman she'd worked with for 11 years mm-hmm. on the talk, mm-hmm. um, saying, oh, I did too. I've I've apologized to Sharon, blah, blah, blah. So there was two different stories out there. So here to it's me, been confirmed but, today, though. But to me, an apology that isn't given out loud. A, t- a text message? Well, yeah, here's what, here's what she I said. That. Here's what she said. She said, um, Cheryl Underwood... Um, previously claimed that Osborne never apologized to her in private following their heated exchange, but Osborne came forward with alleged screenshots that showed text that Underwood didn't answer. And and Cheryl Osborne, excuse me, Sharon Osborne went on to say, I not only sent these messages to Cheryl, but I apologized to her in person in her dressing room after the show that day. Why are you saying I never apologized, Cheryl? What are you trying to do to me? And And Cheryl... Underwood basically confirmed she did get the text, but she didn't answer because she didn't know if she was allowed given the internal investigation taking place at the show. So she didn't know because they tell you don't talk to anyone. Right. You know, we've been under these things. You can't talk to anyone. You can't talk to your colleagues. You can't say anything. It's everyone. Every they have to wait till somebody gets let go suddenly. And then the show is shuttered. Yes. Basically, yes. investigation. Yeah, you can't you, you talk to anybody. Have n- n- sealed lips, right? And especially if it's the per- the person that is under investigation is sending you texts, you will not. And respond if I to were Cheryl Underwood after the show, after Sharon Osbourne was such a condescending white woman, yes, okay, and she wanted to apologize to me, I would have been too upset and pissed. To hear a thing. And I would have just put up my hand and just said, I can't talk to you right now. Right. And and she revealed today, um, Cheryl Underwood she basically said that she had PTSD since that event. And she felt like it was trauma. She felt like it was just trauma. I feel like I want to get past this because I really want to get back to work with my friends and colleagues and crew. But we have to talk about well, it. Well, that's because it was shown so many times mm-hmm. and it dominated... Um, 
the entertainment news cycle. And, and she really did And she said during the conversation with Sharon Osbourne, she didn't want to escalate things because she thought she was having a conversation with her friends. But she also knew she had to be an example for others to follow because she didn't want to be perceived as the angry black woman. I mean, that is mm-hmm. BS. She said it was. She had to remain calm and remain that focused. That is BS that she has to like oh, bear that. Be, that she right. has to bear that exactly. Right, exactly. Right. So anyway, mm. I think it's an emotional day. We both taped it. We'll we, we'll tell you about it tomorrow. But I I I did like that um, Elaine, um, who one is, of the other Elaine Welteroth. She's new this year. Yes. she and Amanda Klutz, and she she's the Teen one. Vogue. Who, yeah, from Team mm-hmm. Vogue. And she's the one that formed the formal complaint with CBS that day. She and her stylist, because she said there's been all kinds of BS going on. But she said on the show, she said, Sharon went off the rails into disrespect. Mm -hmm. And that was so difficult for us. So I thought, all right, I'm curious. I can't even imagine her after the show was done taping. Sharon. Well, I'm sure that she... She was realizing she was trying to apologize in her posh British accent, thinking it would sound better. But people were genuinely upset, stunned. Yeah, stunned. One hundred percent. She had such a temper tantrum mm-hmm. defending somebody that I don't even know that she knew what she was defending him for. To me, I felt like Sharon Osbourne never paid one bit of attention to the vile things that he, uh, Pierce Morgan was always writing and saying mm-hmm. about Meghan Markle. So she was defending something she didn't even care about. She didn't even she care didn't about. Have she have... just was like, this yeah. is my friend, and you can't say bad things about right. him, you right. know? Right, right. And uh, CBS, again, said the notion that they paid her 5 to $10 million is false, inaccurate, or untrue. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. So, C for D for all the above. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Listen, when we come back, um, we do have an update on what's going on across the pond. Name, Tim and name. Okay. Lori, 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 son. So, um, uh, I talked to my mom this weekend when I was driving back and forth to Duluth, and she's like, "I don't know why I keep watching all this." royal stuff about prince philip because he and seemed we, like a delightful man that well, we would want to know both agreed it was from the crown yeah and also the fact that when a person dies at the age of 99 and they are royal um y- y- there are no end to the, the photos and the, the sto- photos right and all this stuff. everything's been archived and it's the been life. archived and probably um you know i know that all major media outlets have obituaries ready to go for right. famous people and they've probably had his written since for, he was 75 for, for a very long time very exactly long time, and they just keep updating and updating but uh here's our favorite one of our favorite royal reporters Keir simmons from the today show reporting from windsor castle flowers and heartfelt tributes this morning while prince harry after the hurt and division of the past few months returning to the uk alone to a royal family in mourning. My dear papa was uh, was a very special person. Uniting around the Queen, following the loss of her husband of more than seven decades. She described it as, as, as having left a huge void um, in her life. However much one tries to prepare oneself for, for something like this, it's, it's, still a, it's still a dreadful shock. Prince Philip, a war veteran, proud patriarch and Queen's consort, lived his life in public and died Friday quietly and in private 
It was right for him. So gentle, his daughter-in-law, Sophie Wessex, told churchgoers. It was like somebody took him by the hand and off he went. The family say the Queen is stoic, bearing up, thinking of others. On Saturday, she will say goodbye to her husband during a televised funeral with military honours and 30 guests. William and Harry will walk with the family behind the coffin, just as they did for their mum Diana. Back then, Philip walked with them. This week, the two princes will meet for the first time since that explosive Oprah interview. Their body language will be closely watched, just as it was in 2020, the last official occasion William and Harry were seen together when they barely spoke. Meghan was there then. She has not flown back with her husband this week, her doctor advising against it because she is pregnant. So Harry will face his family and the loss of his much-loved grandfather without his wife and son beside him. A day that will not be easy for any member of the royal family. Most of all, the Queen. Okay, That's it so was, true. I love the drama yeah. in how he talks and the pauses, but I just want to say this. When you heard Prince Charles, who we never, ever, ever hear his voice, we've often. heard Andrew, we've heard the Queen, very little, but we've heard it, but Prince Charles' voice, he sounds exactly like Tobias Mathis, who played Prince Philip yeah. in the Crown well, season. It's this very upper aristocrat, my dear Papa. I, but and it was. kind of talk out from, from the bottom of Honest the to Pete. Papa, you know. But he was very, you know, he was, yeah, I hated that Prince Andrew was out there lingering during the interviews because he would do anything to get back in the I, royal fold. But it is genuinely funny and sad to me to see how Prince Harry's return to the UK is being treated like a state visit. And there's all this stuff and about, you know, like just briefly coming back to the salty little island to face his family and everything. And this is where he grew up and all of this. And the whole point of them leaving was that they felt that they didn't belong right. but in the family and that they were unimportant and they didn't know their place. And that's why they left. And now they're bigger celebrities than ever. And I think that if there's ever going to be like, this is going to be this the is the best op- thing. Well, I think it's an opportunity for healing. Yes. And, I, and I think so. even more so without it Megan being there. Yeah, it's about a death of our loved grandfather. That's right. And that- I know, again, it does show you how silly Charles and, and William and Edward are. They all get to wear their military uniforms to their father and grandfather's funeral, mm-hmm. while Harry... Also, an actual war veteran, much right. more so than William, is not allowed to wear his uniform yeah. and must wear a suit. This shows you how out of touch the royals really are in that sense that mm-hmm. they're like being that petty. You know that Prince Philip, he was enormously proud of uh, Harry, and I think he wished he didn't talk about all that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because Philip himself had plenty of gaffes. Right. As we saw in the crown, he gave a disastrous right. interview to like sixty right. minutes. So you know, I don't think Philip would have minded. I guess he did. It was his dearest wish to be have his um, coffin carried in the Land Rover that he designed, which was an electric one. Yeah, it's an electric yeah. Land ro- Rover, and also, um, and a coffin made of wool. The coffin costs $163. It'll be it's eco-friendly. Yeah. So made of wool and was designed by A.W. Hainsworth. Also, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a $1,200 wool coffin. I, I think Prince Philip has done people a good service by letting us know a wool coffin is possible. That's whoever seems, it seems so great. Well, well, wood is so expensive right now. So yeah. this is a good thing. Yeah. But I mean, right. then it would be eco friendly. Right. And then just you would be. You know, just helping along with the soil mm-hmm. in the back cemetery there. Helping but, along with the soil. But I love that. And people were um, upset that, is heavily pregnant a medical term? Heavily? Heavily pregnant, because that was what a lot of the British papers reported. They have different terminology okay. over there than us. You already it, know that. I was just asking Very you, pregnant, we would say. Okay, we would say very pregnant. And heavily too pregnant is along. what they would say. Too okay. far along, we would say, but very pregnant yeah. in her final trimester. Um, but heavily seems totally like, uh, like a UK a thing. Because thing. Okay, they, like they say massive. Yeah, they have different yeah. words for everything and they're, they're bigger, I but feel it's like. weird. Her absence is more important uh, to those who just love to hate her. Yeah, well, and I th- just think it has, to, I, you know, I just, I've loved looking back at all the pictures of him as a child, and I like and looking about, at his love life with um, the queen. Oh, my gosh. And their pictures of, a, you know, looking into each other's eyes. They just look like there was... They were in love. And respect, yeah. and just history. Someone and, on one of the morning shows described really what he was, even though he had to walk two paces behind her and whatever, mm-hmm. but he was almost like... The her her trusted general manager of running the institution, which she's the one who nicknamed it the firm. Oh, is she? He okay. is oh, the, he's one. the one. Philip. Okay, they called it the firm. The firm. But Prince William released a statement today that was very. I guess he's going to be the next king, and then you know, uh, and then Harry releases a very you know. Very, very different touching. kind of a yes. thing. Very different kind of thing about what more I, emotional and more yeah. he could show more emotion because he's the spare. Yeah, well, here he said, "My grandfather was a man of service, honor, and great humor. He was authentically himself, with a seriously sharp wit, and could hold the attention of any room due to his charm. Just because, also, you never knew what he was going to say next. He will be remembered as the longest reigning consort to the monarch, a decorated serviceman, a prince, and a duke." But to me, like many of you have lost a loved one or grandparent over the pain of last year, he was my grandpa, master of um, the witty, the witty wit or so, the yeah. sharp retort or something, something like that. It was but really sweet. It was very sweet. And he wouldn't want me to go on and on anymore. So I'm going to end this, yeah, you know, kind of thank right. you for your service. And then it ended saying um, some, was it a Latin phrase? Yes. Firma. Terra or yeah, per per permar per terum, which means by sea by land. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's such navy guys. I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, it's it's sad. I know. So Prince Harry's quarantining at Frogmore. Yes, that's um, right. I think Eugenie is there with her husband and the baby, so they're ca- they're probably catching up and yeah, having a good game. I think and so talking. too. And, I think so too. And I love that Kier Simmons said Prince Harry has to face his family. Because he does know that everyone was mad at him for doing that interview. Yep. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's I think it's good. Prince Philip may you know help, help heal everybody. everything. Yeah, I yeah. hope so. I hope so. Too. Boy, how many eyeballs are going to be watching those two brothers as they walk behind the coffin? Everybody, everyone everybody. in the world, yeah. in the world. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. This is Lori and Julie on My Talk 107.1.